Welcome to the 177th edition of the Guna Podcast. This is your host, Kevin Witcher, and we are recording this on the Tuesday evening after the defeat last weekend at Leicester, as we begin our third international break of the season. If you can hear a little bit of background noise, that is because the venue has been double booked this evening and there is an OASA committee meeting in progress, which will probably finish before we do. However, hopefully it won't disturb you too much. It was much worse in the days when we used to uh, film in Pybury Corner, as I recall, where all kinds was going on in the background. Anyway, before we start with a chat, some brief panel introductions. First up, one of our regulars, although he's not actually been on one of the podcasts so far this season, last appearing in May of this year, when we were looking ahead to what might transpire in the Europa League final against Chelsea. The rest, unfortunately, is history. Nevertheless, it is a warm welcome back to the Highbury Spy himself, Mr Steve Ashwood. Welcome, and I got that one wrong, didn't I? Did you predict a win? I think I predicted an Arsenal win. Okay. Uh, Next up, he's travelled down from Leeds to be with us, although timed, I am certain, with some work-related stuff. It's nevertheless good to have a regular contributor to the Guna with us again, as his last appearance on the panel was actually two years ago, when Arsenal were managed by someone called Arsene Wenger, if anyone can remember him. It's good evening to Mr Simon Rose. Good evening. Uh, Very good. Good one. Well done. (laughs) And last but not least, a long-term friend of the Guna and a man who a few months ago had a certain Ian Wright wandering into his office, footage of which can be seen somewhere on YouTube. Look up Ian Wright, the FA Find Me 17,000K and you will find it, or 17K, and you will find it. The reason Wrighty was there was because he was looking at the photo archive, as our panellist is the boss of the Offside Photo Agency, and his last appearance with us was in December of last year, so it's good to say hello once more to the always welcome Mr Mark Leach. Hello there. Simon beat me to the good evening gag. Ah, well. Very immature. (laughs) (laughs) Now, we will... uh, well, I mean, there is only one place to start, and we've had quite a few viewer questions on this subject, so we might as well crack on and, and, and get into it. Um, it's interesting that there seems to be a unanimous opinion about our head coach amongst the support, and yet the club are presenting United Front. They are briefing that Emery is safe until the end of the season. Now, is this a case of that they would say that, wouldn't they? Or do you think they actually mean it? And if they do not, when or what do you think it would take for them to actually pull the plug? So, God. does anyone actually think he's going to go before the next game? No, no. <clears throat> if he's going to go before the next game, he would have gone on Sunday or Monday. I'm actually going to bring in a tweet here, which wasn't actually too. Uh, this podcast but it appeared on the Guna feed and it's from a tweeter uh, called Better Call Raw or Raul in reality but I get the gag my worst fear Arsenal Football Club temporary involvement in next four temporary improvement in next four games Southampton, Norwich, Brighton and West Ham total collapse in following nine games Man City, Everton, Bournemouth, Chelsea, Man United, Palace, Sheffield United, Chelsea and Burnley. So, in theory, we are actually now about to enter a run of easier 
fixtures, which could effectively make Emery look... The like. last four fixtures were supposed to be easy, though, weren't they? Well, let's, let, let's think. <laughs> Leicester, not easy. Well, not before Palace, at, well, Palace and Wolves at home, yes. Yeah. Should win those. Sheffield United away. Well, yeah. We I suppose in hindsight, be winning that. We, were, we were thinking Sheffield United away, nice, easy game. They've just come up, you know, three points, no problem. So far, they've not lost away from home yet. Um, no, but their home form's not been good. Really, they yeah. lost at home to Southampton. Yeah, they did. And Leicester and Liverpool. So the home form was ropey. We went up there. Pepe's got one on a plate, six yards out. And it looks like, well, he got there. You cannot blame De- uh, Unai Emery for that. No, I'm not blaming. And this isn't an Unai Emery blame. I'm talking about the... Sorry, I'm following on from the games we should have won. <laughs> Sheffield United was there for the taking. They scored from a set-piece. We had the whole second half to get back into it. And they, they didn't come over the halfway line. They knew what they were doing, but we didn't get round the back one once. So, um, yeah, there are. There's not an easy game in the Premier League, is it? I think we know that. There are. There don't seem to be too many tough games for Liverpool at the moment. But why are we looking at Sheffield United and Burnley as tough games now? And, you know, that's... Oh, Sheffield United above us. I, I think we've got a reality check where we are. And I'm not, I'm not buying into this uh, dreaded four games. I hope we win them all 4-0. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah, hope I do as well. I, mean, yeah. I, I, I hope we win them all 4-0. But at the, I want Emery out. I want Emery out of the club. Okay. It's, clear that, it's clear that the tactics aren't working. The players aren't playing to the best of their potential. <clears throat> Apart from Gwendouzi, not one player has improved under Emery's managership. Aubameyang is not a left winger. Torreira is not a high-pressing high midfielder. He's a defensive in front of the back four midfielder. Zaka is nowhere with us now. Ozil's been upset. Lacazette's nowhere near the player he used to be. The list goes on. Um, Emery has been a disaster. And we might well win our next three or four games. But I'm sure the hierarchy knows as well as we do that, I'm, I'm right. that he's got to go. They know that. Right, yeah. so what's stopping them pulling the trigger? I think that the Arsenal in, in, in the last few decades have been immune from the cycles that lots of, lots of clubs have, where they have a manager, they bring that person in, they pay lots of money to bring the person in, they're back from staff, uh, they pay lots of money for players, it goes wrong, you sack the manager and the back from staff, you pay money out to get the new people in, they might not like the same players, players move on. They Lots spend of clubs go through that cycle. They spend money. But Arsenal have been immune from that for a long time because we had Graham for a long time and we had Wenger for a long time. And I don't think Arsenal are in that same mindset of changing things very quickly. It's that been other clubs longer do. than that, Simon. You go back before George Graham. I mean, Terry Neal had too long. You know, Bertie Mee in too the long. end. Yeah. Billy Wright. <laughs> You know, it's not just since George Graham. This is a trait of Arsenal Football Club. What's interesting now to me is that, OK, you have people like Ken Fryer on the board, you know, Chips Keswick, Lord Harris has probably been around 20 years, I'm not sure. But really, the guys who used to make those decisions are gone. We've got a new owner at the club. In terms of the advice to the owner, the board is really being bypassed. I think that's acknowledged. The board are figureheads now, really. Um, so you've not got the same people making the decision, although there is a fear that they are acting in exactly the same way as the club always has 
Surely Edu and Raoul would make the decisions, though, wouldn't they, Kevin? No, no, no. It's a financial decision. You've got a technical director who's been brought in to oversee everything to do with football, which I would imagine includes the manager. So I would have thought if Edu and Sanielli, or Sanyehi, however you pronounce it, if, <clears throat> if they decide that Emery is not the man for them, surely they can just pull the trigger. I, I don't think... I, I think that... Um, the owners sitting in America are saying, oh my God, I had all that saga, I've got a new manager in, he's got two years in his contract, to the end of this season, we've sold all the season tickets, the merchandise is going well, What's why change it now? He's not looking like us at every result, this guy's asking us about these games. I don't think Cronkies is looking at that. Because our current form for the last 20 matches is relegation form. And if we have the next 20 matches, like we've had the last 20, we might win the next four, but then we might not win again for the rest of the season. But also, if, we'll if, find they're, if they're worrying about the money, if they're thinking we, to, to sack him now means you have to pay out lots of money, well, how much would it cost us to not get into the Champions League next season? Mm. That'd be far more costly. Mm. Um, you look at the form, I think part of what leads to Arsenal not changing anything now is that there haven't been catastrophic results. So I thought we'd get beat 5-6-0 at Leicester. Mm. Um, and if we had some utterly horrendous results, there'd be no place to hide. If you lose by a couple of goals, you can always argue your way out of it. That was handball, this was an offside, this was whatever. But our, our form has been a slow, gradual decline, and you don't notice the steepness of a slow, gradual decline. You might look back a distance and say, well, it started going wrong from there, and, and as a whole, it looks quite steep. But for match to match, we're not losing by loads, and when we've won, we've not won by loads. And what I find weird with Emery is that last season I felt that he was experimenting with players and who would bring in and who would leave out and he obviously got to the Europa League final and it was possible until the second half that we could have yet have qualified for the Champions League and the second half was a disaster. I didn't this season want to see Emery at the side of the pitch grimacing, looking uncertain about things. I wanted at this point to get a sense that he knew what he was doing and why and knew what to do to arrest problems and he isn't. Mm. And although Arsenal might be reticent about changing managers and might think things can improve over the rest of the season, and they might, specifically in those next few games coming up, there's nothing about the club that is happy right now. Mm. The board isn't happy, the, the top execs aren't happy, fans the manager happy. isn't happy, the players aren't happy, the fans aren't happy. All this kind of fighting between each other, there's too much noise, this, all the stuff with Jacker losing the captaincy, Bamian becomes the captain, and within a couple of days, he's doing a post on social media, slagging something or other off, yeah. not quite as vim as Xhaka. Nothing's happy, but nothing about what we're doing suggests we're going to have a real upwards curve. It's going to stay the same or just continue that slow decline. So do you think the uh, Raoul and Edu are advising the owners that it's time to cut the cord? I suspect they probably are. And obviously they can't decide that that decision will be made. Josh Cronkey presumably, is, is their sort of middle person. And then his dad has to make the decision. But ultimately, I understand why they're saying we're not going to get rid of manager now. Because, as you say, historically Arsenal have always been reticent about sacking people maybe as early as other clubs do. But you don't get the feeling that we're going to make the most of those relatively easy-looking games coming up. You kind of feel that Southampton will score first and we'll do our nuts on in the game. We'll go to Norwich and suddenly Pukki will start scoring again. Brighton aren't that bad, they waver, their home, their home form is pretty good. The waveform, eventually gonna, they're going to get a good result after they beat Watford early on in the season. West Ham, you never know what you're going to get with us when we go there. So there's nothing about the next four games that makes you feel 
yeah, we'll win those games and we'll take that into the harder games. You feel like we'll be similarly as average across the next four games and then December, as the tweet suggests, is a real risk of a nosedive without, without any relent. So what would your view be then, Simon? Let's imagine we lose two of the next four games and draw the other two. All four winnable games for a big club, especially a club with Arsenal's players, or players of the calibre of Arsenal. <clears throat> would you then pull the... Would you expect well, no, to exactly. pull the trigger? No, no. It, it, would you expect Cronky, because yeah. that's what we've concluded, yeah. would you, you expect Cronky to, to authorise... Emery's dismissal. Yeah. So the thing is, his criteria is different to ours. We would look at it and think, we're wasting matches. I looked at that Leicester game and thought, we're going to lose 5-6-0, but with whatever, we are definitely going to lose that game, however it works out. Why throw away that match against a team that's vying with us, really, for the top four? Those three points, you can finish behind a team on goal difference, or one point. Mm. To basically give up three points is utterly crucial. They're now risking the next... Nine, twelve points. Well, we know what they're yeah. doing. Why, 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 why wait? It's going to then damage those those hard nine games for a new person to come in. So who's going to come in then this with a magic well, wand? Well, we, we, we'll get turn to that. This around. We will get to that next. My uh, firstly, I'm going to ask each of you a question, and it's a multiple choice. Okay, Emery will be dismissed at the end of December. Emery will be dismissed at the end of February. Emery will be in charge of Arsenal for the last game of this season. A, I'm, B or C? I'd go C. I'd go the latter. That's, I'm not, I'm not going to vote. It's not a yeah, vote. But it's what you think will happen. I think will happen. Right. Because so, why would the guy who's the same? He's spent £200 million in Emery's time, I've heard. Now, all this talk about ha-ha of those clubs, look how much they've spent on compensation, get rid of managers, ha-ha-ha, look at them. When you spent £35 million on Mustafi... That could have been 10 managers' payoffs. Mm. And it, there's this thing, the Arsenal way. Billy Wright stayed on too long. Bertie me, I mean, it just went appalling. I, as a photographer, <laughs> went to the photo call, the press day at London Colney. And, what are you bloody lot doing here? You weren't even, uh, It's the photo call today. And we had Arsenal players in goalkeepers' tops. You know, David O'Leary in a goalie shirt, people in yellow, people in red training tops. No team. It was just a mess. Wow. Bertie didn't even know it was the photo call day. Wow. And, and the players were just shrugging their shoulders. So that's the worst I've seen Arsenal. Yeah. It's when Charlie George disappeared. We nearly got relegated. Well, yeah. yeah and, you know, you're, sorry, I, I really can't believe you're talking about top four this season. <laughs> There's a top four already. There's Manu and Spurs kind of behind us. Um, and you've also, you've also got Wolves coming up as well. So your prediction is he will be in charge for the final game of this season. Simon? I think he'll be gone before Christmas Day. Right, OK. I agree with Simon. I think he'll be gone before Christmas Day. Um, we might still win those three or four games coming up, but we'll, we'll lose... You'll lose enough. Christmas I think that statement from the club seemed to mention the game's coming up and it... And it it mentioned where the game is through, through to Christmas. They need mm. to see an improvement. Mm. Um, I don't think they've all seen improvement. So they've given him a criteria from. to keep his job, basically. Have they, or have they just given us a well, service Well, Simon is reading between the lines. Well, I'm, I'm thinking, give them that. They'll think he's gone. Yeah. And I think... I, I can't understand a businessman from America getting that emotional about it. Well, he, I don't think he had anything to do with the statement. No, um, well, no but about changing the manager. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 do yeah, that again. Yeah. You know, if by some miracle we lose our next two UEFA, UEFA league games 
against um, we're still through Frankfurt. Second no, place, if we lose we? our next two games, we'll finish third in the group. No, no, no. We will. It's it's mathematically by a, by a, very by a law of statistics. No, Frankfurt will have to beat us four 0 I think, because yeah, it'll be head to head against Frankfurt. Yeah. Um, yeah, Postier. Right. Yeah, possibly. I, I don't think, think we can standard the age. I think they're going to beat us on the head to head. Yeah. I think yeah. also a crucial okay. point with these games coming up, the four easier ones and the more hard ones, is do the players want Emery still to be their manager? If they do, there's personal pride and professional pride at improving and doing better. And even if they're unhappy with all sorts of things, they won't get moves to better clubs unless those clubs see them in good form. So if those players aren't behind Emery, then they have a window of opportunity to perform uh, poorly enough, or not well enough, if you like, to allow him to have a context to, to be gotten rid of. And what about the elephant in the room, which is Aubameyang and Lacazette? They've both got one year on their contract, I think, after this season. Mm. So if we don't get in the Champions League and they don't sign new contracts, they'll have one year on their contracts. Yeah. We'll probably have to sell them yeah. at the end of this season. Um, so... If we sack Emery when it's too late to get in the top four, when it's not mathematically possible to get there, but realistically impossible, it's to very get there, expensive. Yeah, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna lose those two players. We won't be in the Champions League, and it'd be too late. If we'd got rid of him now or last week or whatever, top four is still doable. Okay, well, we will get on to potential replacements in a minute. I just want to briefly cover a couple of uh, listening contributions. Uh, this is quite a simple one. Simon Albert uh, tweets, Would empty seats at upcoming home matches get rid of Emery before New Year, regardless of results? Um, yeah, I think it would. Well, in the end, it sort of played a part... Well, empty in seats a... already. Exactly. Well, how many yeah. it, I think, though, in the end, the empty seats partly did for Arsenal in, yeah. in that last yeah. season. What goes with that is this whole idea of fans boycotting games and en masse people aren't there. But it fits into this whole thing of we're all Arsenal fans, but we all have four different opinions. 60,000 fans in the stadium is not one unified voice. Everyone has different opinions. You're not going to cohesively be able to organise thousands, 40,000 no, people the whole, not to go. The whole they have point, to individually decide not to go. The whole point... Mind you, there is social media. Though. Well, there social is social media, media but no, no. What I'm trying to say here is in the last few months of Arsenal, there wasn't an organised campaign. It was just organic. Mm. Mm. And the empty seats weren't a plan. It, it was just a reality. The funny thing was about the last few months of Arsene, his home record from January to May when he left is better than Emery's has been throughout oh. Emery's entire well, this was the crucial thing. You know, Emery's yeah. away form, yeah. the second half of last season was terrible, like Wenger's had been in the second half of the previous season. Yeah. But at least Wenger's home form stayed really good and we beat most teams and particularly thoroughly at times, yeah, yeah. whereas Emery's home form is as pitiful as... The away form. But, but they tried to compare it on, yeah. on TV after the Leicester game. They put them up as if it was chalk and cheese. It was... You were playing different teams as well. A couple of points yeah. here and there. It yeah. wasn't that different. First yeah. 50 matches in <clears> these last 50. Yeah. That's what they did. And there was no massive shift. Finger was about a point up there, and it wasn't huge. So it wasn't Finger's, better. Finger's away record was really. pretty, pretty awful, and Emery's away record has been similarly pretty awful. But the last four months of Finger's reign, we beat Palace five-one, I think, Everton four-one, Burnley five-one, um, someone else Watford four-nil. Um, Emery, you're lucky to get two-one with Emery if you get a win at all. 
But yeah. that was when the season was over and we weren't going to finish anywhere. That's yeah. kind of that foot off the gas, which suits a lot of our players, I feel. I, I'm not... No, I'm not thinking it's a massive difference myself. Mm. Um, it should it's be, not an improvement, though. I think that's the point. And it's not as if it's, well, give these kids a chance to bed in. It's like they're in, they're out. Yeah, and yeah. One, one moment, Chris Lies, Simon, you said you went up to Anfield, but on TV, I saw Maitland-Niles, who's, let's be honest, a good footballer, but he took that millisecond too long at this level... Oxlade Chamberlain took the ball off him and smashed it in 25 yards. Now, Wenger was the guy who said, don't want Oxlade Chamberlain. Wenger was the guy who didn't get Aaron Ramsey signed up or sold. And Wenger was the guy who gave Ozil the big contract, which you can now sit on and walk around the training ground. This is my beef. It's Ozil. And so he's got more followers than Arsenal. Saying this is the most unpopular thing, but if you've seen him on the training ground, they have those like, little sprint ladders where they're meant to go through there. Everyone goes, did, 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 and he walks across it. Like, yeah. I'm not doing that. I'm, it's, I'm, it's, it's, a, it's beneath him. Well, don't blame me, I wouldn't do it either. Well, <laughs> you, look, you are 350 grand <laughs> a week, though, Steve. I know. <laughs> you see him come out and they go over there. I mean, well, what's the point? But what, 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 wasn't that partly the reason that Emery yeah. said, you know, I don't care what you're being paid? Unless you put in well, the yards. This is what has changed. He's binned him off and he's brought him back. Yep. He's had the Xhaka incident and there was a game against uh, Wolves where he played right Ozil but he was flagging. And he dared take him off because of the reaction. He took Tamara off and we ended up... Why does Xhaka walk off so slowly against... Um... Well, we'll get to Xhaka. Because yeah. well, well, he had to give the armband to someone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was a strop. Yeah. All right, but we'll get to Xhaka. Uh, I've got a question about Ozil. Right, he's back in the first team. He played uh, against Liverpool in the League Cup and then he was in the Premier League, Wolves and Leicester matches. Do you think he is set to remain in the starting eleven for the foreseeable future? Oh, oh, I think he is, but it's at the expense of Pepe, right. who was improving. And yeah. he got those great two free kicks. In fact, at the game, I was saying to the chap next to me, he needs Pepe to get himself in form, keep running that inside left channel, yeah. cut inside and aim for that far corner. Keep doing it and doing it and doing it until you score a goal and feel more confident. And when he got the free kick, someone literally shouts, this, this is your yeah. moment, this, yeah. it, here it is. And he scored those two wonderful goals. And we haven't capitalised on that to help him keep that upward curve because we haven't played him. No. But the, the awkwardness with Ozil is that Emery doesn't have any songs. No one's singing songs for him. Everyone's singing behind Ozil. He's getting enormous amount of support in the stadium. And I don't know to what extent that is pressure on the manager that he thinks, oh, maybe I'm going to have to play him, maybe I'll get a bit more popular. But I, I felt very much that he was in a, in a win-win position with Ozil when it came towards the point where you thought Ozil might come back. In that if you played him, for example, at Anfield, and Ozil played well, then you can say he was ready. And if you played him and he was terrible, you can say, well, there you go, I've exposed him. Now, so he played him, he did what at Anfield, he's done fine since. <coughs> our, our lack of wins is not specifically down to Ozil because we've got excellent attacking players and he's the best creative player. There's other problems in that team. I think he will stay unless his form particularly dips or his fitness looks like it's poor. But it's at the expense of Pepe who's not getting to capitalise on his improvement. Well, with Unai, we don't know if he's going to change the formation we, next game. Why doesn't we play two defensive midfielders at home to the likes of Brighton, Palace and Wolves? Mm. I mean, Wenger had his faults, but one of them was not playing too many defensive midfield players in home games. But you say this, this is the thing we with me. We yeah. always play, Wenger's football was always two defensive midfield players, Vieira and Petit, and the fullbacks would push yeah. on. 
Yeah, and, and it but always they, was that. They were now, defensive to a point, though, that Vieira and Petit could both rampage. They could both rampage forward yeah, and beat players. With, they, they, they were a bit like better quality versions. Well, who, 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 who played uh, the holding player against uh, Torreira's not going to rampage, is he? Be, Zach it was Torreira and Guendouzi yeah. paired together. Yeah. Um, Guendouzi could certainly rampage. Well, he can. Well, brilliant. He's the one you need. Why do you need Why do you need Wenduzi and Torreira is our yeah. Brian Robson yeah. he's our David yeah. Platt he's yeah. like you can't believe it he's, yeah. he's the guy yeah. getting in there and I, I can't work that out now be honest I don't know I'm, I'm going to say nothing I'm not a fan of Ozil Shaka is just that bloke who sits in front um, I was just watching him for Switzerland the other night in the last international break and he was just Technically, you'd look and go, that's just what Arsenal could do with. If you watched him play for Switzerland that Does he night, play further forward for Switzerland? No, he sits in front of the back four, and when the full-backs go on, he drops in and makes that a three. And it's just... Da, 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 da. And Arsenal, somehow, it's all, it's all over the show. It doesn't work like it that. It just goes to show you, it's down to the manager, then. Well, in, in not getting the best use yeah. out of the player. Yeah. But there is yeah. an argument that Xhaka isn't in the right role. Yeah, I think yeah. he's going to have two games away from this place for Switzerland and he's just going to enjoy his football so much yes. and I think yeah I think you're going to see a different player and he's going to come back here and go wow what, you know, what's the reaction well, do, do, we, do we see him playing again for the club I think we do but how long for depends on the crowd reaction to him if he comes on and he gets cheered then things might settle down if he plays well if he comes on and people start booing it's kind of, it's kind of over before it started and that's the problem with cheers and boos, you don't know what people are cheering, you don't know what people are booing. It's not, you know, a, a complete sentence mm. that's understandable. It's just random boos and cheers that are often competing against each other. I, th- I think, like you're saying, Mark, it's t- to me, I think Jacket can, can he, he's always available to receive the ball. He can play left foot, right foot, short and long. He often overhits things and he's got zero defensive responsibility, certainly when he plays for Arsenal. You, you, you can run past me, you can score, it's somebody else's fault. Mostly, mostly in our team, we don't have respons- defensive responsibility. Defence is something the defenders can do. But I think, I think he has something as a player. I'm just not sure if we're going to find it. I'd like to pick you up on that. Defenders is something the defenders can do. <coughs> I mean, we had five in the box and they had one, I think, Vardy. It was incredible. I mean, to me, that goal went under Torreira's foot, the first goal at Leicester. Mm. And Chambers, I thought, who was marking Vardy? He Chambers just when he, he went to the ball, he went ball-watching. Yeah. But for me... I'm not a big wencher. This season, Callum Chambers is in credit for me, what he's done. Yeah. Mm. I mean, wholehearted, you, you understand any player. I'm sorry, I'm just going to go back to Tony Adams. Beautiful run. You know, he just went mad after the game at Leicester under that umbrella, freezing cold. But he said, you've got to say, what can I do? What can I do? Take individual responsibility. And he said, my debut... I made a big mistake. We were 1-0 down in 10 minutes. Yeah. And he said, what can I do? What can I do? So I just went around kicking people for 10 minutes. <laughs> the whole crowd went, Ray, we love this guy. But, you know, that was 1983. It's not quite the same game. But the way he said it, this innocence, it was wonderful. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's uh, it's almost like... I love Tony Adams. Exactly. I'm why is he on the training field? Well, I'm going to say, why is he on the training field? Why is he telling well, the players that in the dressing room before the game? Yes. And why, is, why doesn't Tony Adams do all the press conferences yeah. so at least we could understand what's going on? Well, that's what's really awkward for Henry. When he came, it was obvious he had a very, very strong Spanish accent and he, he, it was clear he didn't have much English, but he tried the English yeah. and um, people were impressed that he was doing that in his early press conferences. 
and his vocab- vocabulary has enormously improved, but it's, all, it's still very, very hard, hard to understand what he's yeah. saying. Yeah. And there's something about his interviews where, because he, has, he uses the same words every time, yeah. and it's as if he's not really connected with the question, it's as if his answers have been pre-recorded, says, yeah. and they're just playing them out against live questions. Oh, yeah, it's the same. It's, it's, it's Emery Bingo. It's um, the same cliched yes. formula and every time. The, you talk about the language... I've read that in Spain, even though he was fluent, yeah, yeah. the journalists all thought, I don't really want to do Emery's press conference oh, because oh, it's just the just same stuff. thing every time. And I think there's an accent thing. He was down in Seville and he's mm. from the Basque country. Right. I think it was like, you know, like a Geordie going down to Plymouth or something. You could, that, you, yeah. you could write his press conference, couldn't you, every time? Well, but he's he, good, he, he's he, good. We will he carry has on to with do our it. system, we will carry on with our belief. He's professional. We will carry on with our process. He's professional. And have you seen this thing that's, that's trending this week everywhere? The pastor and Mash. No. On Match of the Day, they said to him, um, what, hey, you've got Southampton coming up. That's your next game. How are you going to get on? And he went, it's a pasta and a mash. Did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and what is that in English? <laughs> God knows what he was trying to say. <laughs> and, it, and it's pasta and mash all over the internet. Uh, okay. Angus says, uh, Emery says pasta and mash for Southampton next week. Well, mash must be uh, yeah, match. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Something yeah, about... Yeah, passionate match. Passionate match. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. It might be the free match meal, passionate match. Get Tony Adams up there, he'd do a better job. Right, anyway, uh, as we mentioned Callum Chambers, I'm going to bring in another tweet from a listener from It's My Arsenal Opinion, and he writes, does the panel think that moving Callum Chambers into the defensive midfield position will afford some of the necessary protection to the defence? And also, should Mustafi, based on performances when he's played this season, be brought in from the cold? We couldn't do worse. What? Couldn't agree more, Ken. Couldn't agree more. Okay. Because if we're not, if we're not going to play Zaka, obviously we're not. Then you've got to play David Luiz or Chambers in that defensive midfield position. Well, oh, we be. didn't. We didn't at Leicester. No, we played a back three. We, 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 we so we, we're three. talking a four at the back. If you, you move Luiz, well, yeah, yeah, Luiz did come somewhat forward at times. He did. He yeah. did. He did move so into midfield. Oh, well, you could put Chambers in the back four and Luiz in that midfield role, or you could put. Louise in the back four, James in the midfield role. I'd be happy to see either of those. The reason why I think there's legs on it is that when players get into a team, even if someone then comes back into what would be their natural position, like say Bellerin coming back in at right back and therefore kind of ousting Chambers, there often seems to be a a desire from the coach to find somewhere to keep that play in the team. Hmm. Chambers played defensive midfield when he was on loan. I think somewhat at, at Middlesbrough as well and did better at Fulham leaving the defensive midfield role. Was, so you could argue it's, it would be a player of the season to play there. Playing there yeah. Part of it would be would the Arsenal crowd accept it and would they, would they support him through what would be probably some errors at times because we're playing better teams than Fulham were playing um, that he, he could stay there and make it a chance to be his role. Oh, well, we don't have many people competing for that in the spot. Premier League. Premier League at Fulham, wasn't he? Mm. Last season, he got player of the season. Mm. And when, um, I forget his name, the new manager came in and they had a really good run in the season. But what I think is... Scott Parker. Scott Parker, yeah. sorry, yeah. I agree with that, and you agree. Mm. But what I think is when we've gone previously to a back five, back three, we had Nacho dropping in there, a left-footed player. Have you seen Holding get... Yeah, the equaliser out in Portugal, holding no left foot. The guy got rounded. We have why they shunt him out there as the left of the back three. Mm. It worked with Nacho. Unless you, you should put Kalasnac in there. You've got to put a left-footed player in that back 
three because mm. otherwise it's it's not working. Um, it's interesting. I heard going back to old Arsenal players, Merson was coating Harry Maguire, and he just came out Merson and said, "Yeah, he's played he's played in the back three for England." And you know why? Because you're not good enough to play in the back four. I thought, Merce, did you go to Anfield '89? You know, we we started the back five that night with Steve Bold in the number ten. Sorry, I'm going back to that again. But the the back five, I think, unless you've got O'Leary, Bold, and Adams, needs a left foot, left-sided guy there. And I think we should go back for Chambers. Yeah, definitely put him in there. I mean, our fullbacks. We went up to Old Trafford, and we were. We'd stopped playing the ball out short then, hadn't we? Mm. We were kicking it to the halfway line where Chambers was winning headers and flicking it on. It was pretty appalling Route 1 football. But I just watched Liverpool on Sunday and their goalie was under pressure and he arrowed a ball, chest height. Their right back, Alexander-Arnold, took it on his chest. At, you know, a hammered ball and he ran straight. He ended up on the D, making the ball to Sunny. We're just not doing that, are we? It's just... Mm. So we don't get the ball forward very quickly. The, the, other, the other energy level is they've shown on match of the day how playing the system we did, Lacazette was in the right back covering better. He said, we, he doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to be there. Mm. What's Liverpool Man City? Alexander Arnold under pressure. Who's with him? Mane. Two minutes later, Mane's scoring a far post header on the left side. It's not like you're there and you've got to say the whole match. We just don't seem to have that energy. We're not that playing with intelligence. When, when a team's playing well, they believe they're going to do well. Yeah. And you told me before about the matches we have coming up. If you're in great form, you don't care who you play and you want to play them because you're going to beat them. And if you're not in good form, you don't want to play anybody because mm. you think you're not going to win. What Liverpool are doing, what any team that looks to be the best team of the day is doing, looks to be the template for absolutely everybody. And we have got certain similarities. and We have Bellerin and Tierney who could be the bombing fullbacks. Yeah. We have Bamiang, Lacazette and Pepe who could be could the be fast that front three. attacking yeah, people, yeah. making stuff really happen, used in the right way by a, by a coach. It's the, the A-wellness of our defence uh, and, and the midfield that's just all over the place. So like Guendouzi, we mentioned before, he's got a fantastic attitude, a fantastic endeavour to his game. He's like three players in one. That mm, third mm. goal we got against Vittoria was only because he just bulldozed his way through to the D and then fell over. Run. Yeah, yeah, brilliant run. But... The flip side for him is he's almost trying too much and he's giving the ball away yeah. increasingly, yeah. which of course puts pressure yeah, on the defence. Because he's a one-man midfield, isn't he, for us? He's the only one that's half-decent. So, Coming I mean, the, the, the question from that is, is the problem with Arsenal tactics, quality of the personnel, or the psychology of the personnel? That's a bit of all three. I think psychology is the main one because you just see Liverpool... And you watch them, watch that game on Sunday, and you just, they're not, you know, look Fabinho and go, oh my God, he's the best centre midfielder I've ever seen. Oh, Wijnaldum. It's just that Fabinho with Wijnaldum, knowing that Milner's there and Robertson's there. and Fabinho's They do tend in. to pick the same players in the same formation. Yeah. Consistently. And it's, it's almost like at Arsenal, we're trying to find this place, which I thought we should do for a number 10, Ozil. But who's Liverpool's number 10? They haven't got a number 10. They haven't got a guy who says... I'll just make a few nice passes here. Don't expect me to challenge for headers or do any of this. They haven't got anyone like that. They've got, well, they, from, they, they, they attack from what? They've got three tough guys in the middle. They've got three amazing strikers. But then again, amazing strikers. Suppose Aubameyang swapped with Firmino. Hmm. What would Firmino... 
he goes up to Sheffield United without him. What would he, what would he be? I'm hey, just hey guys, that. where are you? Where are you? I'm isolated. I'm stuck up here on my own. But Henderson, Fabinho, Milner, Firmino, and If you put them in our team. They would be shit. Like what well, you're saying? No, so, so Mark, yeah, it is tactics. Then. Yeah, but also course. it's the manager yeah. as well. People laughed at Klopp early on. They went to Liverpool. They had a home game. I think they drew like one-one with West Brom. Yeah. And they all, he took all the players to the cop. Yeah, the and they all do the, yeah, yeah. the German yeah. ends in the air thing at the end of the game. And people were laughing like they're just drawing against West Brom. Well, yeah. What's the point of this? Yeah. But it garnered a fantastic team spirit and a connection with the crowd. We haven't got a team spirit, and the, the team certainly hasn't got a connection, at least a positive one with the crowd at the moment. You look at the nature of our team, they all look gutted. You know Bamiang what? Bamiang and Lacazette, they just look narky. I kind of work all at, the time. at the North Bank on the far side from the tunnel. I always seem to work there with my cameras. And after every match, you know, not so much lose, but win or draw, you get the players come right into that corner, do a big arc right towards you, hands up, applauding all the fans. That arc is getting shorter and shorter. Oh, it's almost dear. around the centre circle oh, down the tunnel now. Since, yes. the, since the Xhaka moment. Oh. I mean, Stuart McFarlane, a friend of mine, photographer, club photographer for years, he's, he's come off Twitter now. Because oh, he he's because been getting too much abuse. He's just defended and he gave it to the fans about what they, how they treated Xhaka. Right. He got dog's abuse in thousands. Then he actually posted some pictures of Torreira who was actually warming up, like, in tears at how they treated Xhaka. Yeah. And he got dogs of his fat. And he just said, I'm off. And he's not been back on Twitter since. It's like... But they say, the players, there is a connection with those fans you're talking about. And it's, it's all but gone. Yeah. You know, yeah. For those... Get, get back to this Liverpool thing and the players. Yes. Well, hang on. I mean, let me just, let me just is, stop now. All it's right? clock, isn't it? It's clock. I'm going to read a question from Jonathan Houseman. The most impressive thing about Liverpool is their unity. How can this ever be achieved when we, the Arsenal fans, are referred to as noise? It's nothing to do with the fans. Right. Nothing to do with the fans, okay. Kevin. No, we, if we had Jurgen Klopp as our manager five years ago, or six years ago, when he went to Liverpool, when he, if we'd have put the bowl out and said, come here instead, we're a London club, sleeping giant, come and win the Champions League with us. He would, he'd rather have been here than with Liverpool. You sure? I'm pretty when, sure. When he, he would. come from Dortmund, yeah, where they've got that wall of noise, they and have. he saw something similar at Anfield. He didn't come high. They you have. Know, see the problems at that time. That, sorry, he, he, did what manage, time? he did manage at Emirates, so he what, knew Emirates. What's the quote the, the guys ask you about the noise? Arsenal fans called noise. Where's that come from? Kevin? Well, basically, uh, it's not official, but basically, David Ornstein uh, leaked um, a view from the higher echelons of the club right so they're calling the fans so the, the, the whole yeah. Emery out thing is we're not noise. listening to the noise yeah. right which is when it's social media it's one thing when it's in the stadium it's another yeah well the thing is there aren't there isn't an established chance uh, well there was was there a you don't know what you're doing about Emery yeah, not with Emery I don't think it wasn't no. about Emery don't, I'm not sure I think I there was so. once a ch- but it was a substitution I think I can't be sure about that, but anyway, there are no chants against Emery because chants don't exist. Um, 
There is the Urzel the chart when he's not. Well, playing, the Urzel chart, a, you can read what you want. Which is tantamount to an anti. Also, the Urzel song still references him as being Arsene Wenger's yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's not been up there. And he's better than Zidane, so I discount <laughs> that whole chart. That might be Barry Zidane, though, from the uh, yeah. Yeah. To, answer this, to answer this question, though, <laughs> if we had a decent manager, there wouldn't be any noise. But also, Klopp is quite unusual in that he is a massive personality. Yeah. And lots of right. I've aren't. got a question here. Does charisma make any difference to the impact? A football manager can have on his players. One, yes, on his players. One thousand percent. I'm going to Let's ask you. An I'm going to ask you answer. about Alf Ramsey's charisma. <laughs> I think it has to be a perfect mix. Liverpool is a slightly unusual club in the nature of the, how how fervent they are and how much they get behind their team. He's an amazing fit for them. As I mentioned before, he get, he got the crowd involved very early on uh, in his time at, at Liverpool. They've been they've had hope. Because they've been improving. They've got to finals. Lost to the Europa League final. Lost to the Champions League final. I think they're challenging for the league. There's a sense of belief that something's going to happen so they're all behind it. There's nothing for our fans really to get behind other than the negativity. You can only be united in, as a club and the players and everything else if it feels united. Now, I suspect we're going to get on to potential Arsenal managers. But of the people who have been getting talked about, there isn't a big personality. Because we know that Fred is, you know, knows the club, he's been there for a long time in his different stints, but he's not a personality. Arteta, very good player, is doing well at Man City. A, you don't know if he'd be a decent coach, and B, frankly, if, if things unravel enough for Guardiola this season, there could be a spot at Man City to go. We don't know if Arteta's got enough to improve things at Arsenal just because he's been an Arsenal man. So, Tom... It's a bloke called Mourinho, isn't that the personality well, that's, guy? That's the anti-Arsenal candidate, isn't it? He's still got I'm personality, brilliant. though. True. I'm I'd like to have a couple of things. But Kev, I'm just going to... You gonna... did ask a question I haven't answered yet. Go on. Did Alf Ramsey have charisma? Indeed. Alf Ramsey wouldn't give a stuff if there was 100 people in Wembley that day. He was 100% behind his players. He was locked in. If you weren't playing, you're injured. Jimmy Greaves, what are you doing here? Get out of the dressing room. I've got these 11 today. That's it. Nobby Styles crippled a French guy during that match. The worst tackle you'll ever see. And the guy, they didn't have substitutes in. So Nobby said I felt bad because the guy didn't go off. He was just crying up and down the yeah. wing the rest of the yeah. game. The French kicked off about it, said this guy should never play football again. The FA said to Ramsey, we don't want you to play Styles anymore in this tournament. And he said, fine, but you'll have to get yourself another manager. He goes, I go. <clears throat> Nothing more was said. And that was the moment everyone got forced. So that loyalty to the players, not going round blowing kisses to the fans, that, that's a different way of doing it. That's a different way of doing it. I see all that. I mean, I've seen interviews with Ramsey, you know, on YouTube and on BBC and all the documentaries and stuff. He did have charisma. I know he was a, did he? an awkward so-and-so. And I know he was a bit kind of defensive and not, not defensive tactically, but defensive with questions and things. But he did have a certain charisma about him. Oh, yeah. He, they, made, you, he made you think, oh, my God, this guy's a very, very intelligent, clever Well, he player. was certainly self-assured. He, he certainly knew how to play. Well, he wasn't because he was a Dagenham boy who had elocution and he spilled yeah. like that. He so he obviously had so many chinks in his armour, but one thing he did was, you're playing for me. Yeah. No one's going to get in. You know, like George Cohen swapping shirts. Yeah. You know, the animals, yeah. yeah. But but the other question was, with Klopp, I felt, 
all this stuff that he's got stick for, stage manager. Yeah. Did you see the Sky TV guy? Yeah, we're going. Not a clown. He's come in to the camera and said, "Give it that. Do that. Do that." He said, "Not for you. Not where your camera's here." And he's walked away. So he's gone up another level now. He's gone up another level. Clock. Mm. He's not performing for Sky. Mm. He's his own man. It's me and them. I'd do it if you weren't here, kind of thing. So he's 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 just won it all. I thought the guy, like you were saying about the West Brom thing, so I thought the guy's an idiot. You know, he just thinks he can come down here, win him over, and that's that's all I have to do. Uh, and when three 0 up, they got to three one. He went mental about the goal, and I thought that's unprofessional. Mm. He's shown you've mm. lost, but mm. no, he's he's got. He knows what he knew what the cop was. He thought. Get them, not get them on my side, get them behind this team. Mm. It's where he has an advantage over Guardiola, and the Guardiola's had fantastic football the last few seasons, but he doesn't have the charisma or the connection with City's fans. And that's almost another sort of factor that well, City haven't got a cop, have they? Let's be yeah. honest. It's where you think, if charisma is that significant, does that gift Mourinho a chance at Arsenal and override all the negatives? Well, I'm going to read out the listener questions just to name-check the guys, even though we covered it. So, Joe Gagliardi, would we be in a better position if the board would have hired Arteta instead of Emery? Possibly. How do we know? We don't know. The Hampstead Arsenal, a.k.a. Emmanuel Mustafa Goldstein. Yeah. Oh, what's the he doing these days? Well, he's, he's, he's abroad at this is current he? Oh, time. God, where is he? Uh, he's, he's, in, he's, he's in the east playing coast of guitar, Spain. Playing his guitar. <laughs> he's on the east, east, east coast of Spain, uh, Steve. <laughs> anyway, that's an in-joke between us. Would Jose Mourinho do a better job of managing Arsenal than Unai Emery? Moreover, could the panel stomach... Such a deal with the devil. I could do that deal with the devil in a blink of an eye. Right, so that's a yes. That's a yes. And if he kind of wanted to do us like uh, Clough wanted to do Leeds, then I'd kind of, um, I'd kind of bizarrely enjoy that as but well. But it would be in reverse because Leeds have won something and then Clough sure, came in. But no, he's still having to go at the Wenger years. I, I can't stand the, the flatlining. Right. I've, th- I've said the only way we'll avoid getting, we'll avoid the Europa League is to come eighth or ninth. That's the only way we'll avoid it. Right. And that another season of that. And what happens to me? This is a personal thing. I mean, I do work, but when Arsenal are playing away, I kind of sit with my lad and the family, and just ruin so many mm. Sunday dinners. Well, <laughs> Since the last, this is not just, this is three, four years oh. of ruined Sunday well, dinners. I, we watch away games in the same pub every, every time we're away. And I think in the last three years, we've seen four away wins. Good God. In this pub. <laughs> every single pub. away Change game. Pub. It's simple. Four away wins. I mean, obviously we won more than four, but we've just not been in this pub. Right, okay. Um, but the one, I mean, one thing, if, but you'd have thought law of averages, you'd see at least ten every year. We've seen four in about three years. Now, you've Mourinho, seen them all, I guarantee that if we had Mourinho for the next year, I'd see four in six months. What do you think about Simon four or Mourinho? Yeah. So you were I saying think, yes to Mourinho? Yes to Mourinho. Right. Simon and Mourinho? I think, I think he would improve things in the short term. I don't think he could possibly make it worse. And I think even just for the... Um, the, the difference of it the, the players would probably get behind it and if you win matches it soon wins people over it would just probably have a short shelf life it'd be a very interesting uh, catch up with uh, Ozil again because he had words with him at Real Madrid and yep. probably hastened his 
departure? No, 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 hang on. In fairness, Mourinho wasn't the manager, I think, when Ozil was sold. He definitely had words with him right. about his ego and everything. Can, uh, you, can you imagine if we had Mourinho in charge now, which we should be, like, so Emery went over the weekend, we've, we've, Emery is appointed this week, he has 10 days to work with the players before the Southampton game, then the Norwich game, then the Brighton game and so on. Would you feel that we'd have a better chance of winning the Europa League with uh, Mourinho as opposed to Emery? Well, you have to say yes. I think we would. Well, he's a results yeah, man, isn't he? Would, yeah. he, he would, he would galvanise us. Whatever stories the players have heard, negative about him in recent years, it's not comparable to actually working with him. No. I think he probably ostracised someone because he tends to like to do that. Um, I thought it was interesting. There were whispers a few weeks ago that the club had met with Mourinho, which then sort of, sort of came out in the papers. And, and one of my first thoughts were, if, if the club are having meetings with Emery on some sort of regular basis and is detailing why he doesn't want to play Ozil and they think, OK, well, you are head coach. OK, well, thank, thank, thank you so much. See, see you tomorrow. And out he goes in the room, shuts the door. Mm. You're going to turn around and look at each other and say, but I'll be paying Ozil 350 grand a week. How, how can we not play him? Mm. Mm. Isn't there anyone... Who, who would be happy with this guy and play him. Yeah. Well, Mourinho likes him and has spent the last few years talking him up when most people haven't. And if we're going on about And he's available. If we're going on about coaches as well, I mean, imagine Mourinho v Klopp. I know they've probably had that when they were United and Liverpool. But imagine next time we play Liverpool, if we had Mourinho in the dugout and Mourinho was giving it large with Klopp and they were having a bit of a war off the, you know, off the pitch... I mean, how brilliant would that be? So basically, no one's going to ever have a war with. I tell you something, you would definitely you, re-engage yeah. the fans. Well, we yeah. re-engage, but way. no, that would the fans, and there are some fans yeah. uh, who still remember how disrespectful Mourinho was to Arsenal. Well, that would be like the old Don Revy, Brian Clough thing, mm. you know, when. when well, Leeds fans never accepted funny. Cloughy, did they? No, but no, no, when Clough you know, why, why, they, were, why, they were right. Why did not you go to Leeds? It's my club. You know, when you won, do you want to win the title? <laughs> I want to win the title better than you, Dom. I mean, that would be like Mourinho. throw all your medals Imagine in that. the bin. Yeah. Mourinho and Venga. What medals? <laughs> no, exactly. Why did you call me a voyeur? But because the, I wanted to be but the manager saying, of Arsenal. Would the fans accept <laughs> Mourinho, the fans, because he upset Wenger? How many fans wanted Wenger out and flew planes and hated Wenger? So are these the same people you're talking about? Well, no, it isn't, because there is there is a different... There are supporters who basically loved Wenger even to the end and wouldn't still do got rid of him. You know, would still, still have him there now. Have him and there are tomorrow. supporters who would have got rid of him 10 years before he went. I think so. I mean, that can, yeah. yeah. He's so, fantastic. You know, I mean, the change he did to Arsenal... But I've got a feeling, sorry, I know you've got to get through the questions, no, but that's all right. you're talking about when Liverpool come to Arsenal, mm. who do you want in that dugout? Yeah. I've got a feeling it's two matches from the end of the season. Right. They could just reverse what happened 30 years ago. They could come and win the league at yeah, the Emirates. They could. Wow. Now, if you didn't want that to happen... <laughs> it won't I, be the same because Arsenal won't be with any chance going, of winning it. No, the way it's going... The, They'll have won it in March. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It'll be Grand National Day. They'll have won it, yeah. Oh, It'll be yeah. a big, big weekend on yeah. Merseyside. Okay. Big FA Cup tie, six rounds. But Mourinho who would you want? Yeah, who would you want? I'd rather have Mourinho. Yeah. I'd got you. Much rather have Mourinho. I mean, it's probably going to be unpopular, but I think... I think it just, just really, it's, we're kind of, I hope, you the know, Arsenal, the AFTV thing has got rid of Wenger, then it's had to have a reason to exist, and it's getting more and more 
and it's arguing over nothing really. We're sick so, and it, we're flatlining. How can you get angry? The less about competitive that? we are, the less clear the managerial replacements are. Because you either have an Arsenal type person like Freddie, who's got no managerial experience. Or Arteta, who's done obviously very well at City, but he's not been the one making decisions. No. And would it really work with him at this club? I don't think he's got a lot of charisma. Um, or you go for a successful manager type, but whereas, say, two years ago, I would have liked Allegri at Arsenal. He spent years winning the league, left, right and centre at Juventus. He must be dying to win the Champions League, so why would he come to us? Simeone, people used to talk about so much. Yeah. I suspect he's got better things to do. There aren't lots of candidates who you think would want to come to Arsenal rather no. than someone I mean, else. Yeah, Whereas but Mourinho, it would probably would wait outside that wait outside yeah, house would, down the road yeah. there until they let him in. I agree yeah. with what you're saying, but yeah. I will always counter that with no one had heard of Arsenal before he came. Yeah. So it really, we, there may be a gem out there who's been who's identified. Who's in the J-League right now. Uh, well, Grandpa's eighth manager. More likely in Germany. There's you know, a lot of Arsenal fans that say they don't want Mourinho because they don't want the dull football, they don't want the defensive football, they don't want the park the bus football. I think we well, want what, some defensive well, football over there pretty what, quick. Do you remember... What are we getting under Emery? 1991. Yeah. How tight our defence was. Yeah. Oh, do you me. remember 1971? Yeah. But in 1991, we, we did have an absolutely brilliant forward line. Well, we combined the best of both yeah, worlds. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, did you suddenly mention 1971? Yeah. I think we let in six goals at home. Two of them were in one day against West Brom. Jesus. And I was gutted. Yeah. We beat them 6-2. Yeah. And I thought, we've let in two goals. That's outrageous. Yeah. But yeah. I, that's another thing. I think football cliches. Tony Adams was going on about they had 22 clean sheets. He said we would have won the, we would have been invincible that year, mm. but the game we lost to Chelsea, I was in prison at the time. Yeah, yeah. Steve Bob got sent off. You never, got, yeah. yeah, we ended up with or injured, injured. injured. Yeah, yeah. David yeah. Hillier yeah. was sent to yeah. half, but yeah. that's the only game we lost. But I don't get the fetish for clean sheets. No, how many clean sheets do Liverpool keep? Not many. We scored up there. City mm. scored a goal. Everyone, mm. is anyone talking about clean sheets? Anvil, mm. do you really want mm. to go to clean sheets when you're watching that every day? Yeah, you know, true. Come on, let true. the opposition score one early, make it interesting. Like we did last December, Maitland Niles scored, the whole Arsenal team, the substitutes piled on the cop. I thought, lads, it's 12 minutes in or whatever. <laughs> and we lost 5 1. And we go, it's like, really? No, but I definitely think there is something in this managerial charisma thing. And if you've got a, a, a manager with no charisma whatsoever, like Claude Puel, mm. you will end up like Claude Puel. Interesting Emery that Leicester beats the bullets. No, who Spanish did Claude Puel bring in? Uh, we'll he signed Madison right. from Norwich. Mm-hmm. Did he bring in Tielemans as well? He got, I'm not sure about him. He got Ndidi, I think, and he got the Turkish guy who was just nowhere. He was in the background. He got Monson. But, but yeah. Leicester have a reputation for having a good scouting setup. Yeah. So we don't know how much of that is down to Puel or no. the scouts. What was interesting, we worked with uh, L'Equipe and we were asked to go and do some portrait session for, for L'Equipe on, with Jamie Vardy. We thought, why Jamie Vardy? And all they wanted was his view, everything they could tell him about Claude Puel oh. because he was just about to get the job at Saint-Étienne right. and uh, that's another thing sorry it's off topic again but we bought a defender from Saint-Étienne who's 18 years mm-hmm. old he's gone back there he's mm-hmm. injured they're nowhere to be seen in the league we're all excited about this kid and um, he's a bit injured, Palace right? go and get Gary Cahill yeah. on a free yeah. 
Oh, I wonder if he's any good. Oh, oh yeah, but we're working out his stats and his sell-on fee and his... Yeah. And Johnny Evans, wasn't he? Didn't we, we have talked about Johnny Evans? We could have had Gary Cahill for free, but we ended up getting David Luiz for £8 million. Mm. Well, I don't think Luiz is the worst, but I'm thinking Johnny Evans a few years ago against Mustafi for £35 million. We're buying players off a computer now, aren't we? Mm. We're looking mm. at some mm. spreadsheet. Mm. And that's what Tony said again. I'm going back to Tony. They didn't look at players. They came in, came in, talked to me. He's got the character. Going back to a question from before about should Mustafi be in this team, Mm. Mustafi, I think, is a more stable player than Socrates or Louise. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's a bad defender. I've always said this. I don't think he's a bad defender. I think he makes some bad decisions. And if someone, like you mentioned, if Tony Adams was at the club, if someone could help him to understand those decisions and make some better decisions, I think he is a good player. I think Socrates and Lewis are much more erratic. I felt sorry for Mustafi at Anfield when the first guy went in and it's gone in yeah. off his leg. I thought the crowd's going to really get on him. Thankfully, they didn't. So I think they just sort of realised it was a perfectly reasonable attempt to block a, yep. a yeah. cross that happened to Ricochet and go in. Yeah. But, you know, charisma, people might feel, fans might feel they don't want Mourinho for certain reasons, like fans didn't seem to want Brendan Rodgers a year or so back when Emery came. I, at the time, thought he didn't do bad at Liverpool. He did well at Liverpool. You can focus on the positive or the negative. He failed to win the league or he got close to winning the league. And people had the idea that anyone could win the, win the league at Celtic, but they won the treble and they were unbeaten. It doesn't even matter if Rangers were suffering financially. You've still got to play every game. Games don't just win themselves. They all start nil-nil. Rodgers, I think, would have been an excellent choice for Arsenal. Now, of course, we're way back on the possibility of that because who knows where Leicester will be coming into the season. And they'll be probably a much better proposition than he thinks we might be. He's not going to leave Leicester though, is he? He's only been there six months. Well, no, someone really, said to me that yeah. if, if the Arsenal job was offered to him, he, he left Celtic mid-season. Yeah. So yeah. If, he, if, he, if he genuinely thinks he can do yeah, more... How much are Leicester going to want in compensation? Well, I mean, how much are we paying Mesut Ozil? They're going to want 50 million to get him out of that. Oh, no. I think what you're well, saying there, Simon, about throwing yourself into challenges and blocking them, when you're not doing well, they go in off your kneecap, it pass your goalie. Liverpool on yeah. Sunday, throwing themselves at challenges and everyone went just over the bar, just past yeah. the post. Yeah. Everything yeah. is going their way. But you, it's like Gary Blair saying, yeah, the more I practice, the, the luckier I get. It's just that. It's, it's that just, confidence yeah, exactly, as well. Yeah. We're a bit tentative. If, if Mustafi had been a little bit more confident, perhaps in that moment... He might have blocked it off the court. And the goal got off the hook of Saturday, didn't we? When was it? Vardy hit, someone hit the bar just before they scored. Yeah, indeed, indeed, yeah, yeah, indeed. Yeah. Vardy hit the bar just before they scored. And I'm thinking, oh, God, got away with that one. Yeah, maybe we're going to get a draw here. <laughs> uh, but no, but, but the shot from Madison went through Chambers' legs, and you know it could have gone anywhere. It went through his legs. And the and first goal went through Torreira's legs. Under Torreira's foot. It's those things that are happening. And as you say, players are thinking they've got that. Indecision in their head, the lack of confidence. We've all done, you know, at whatever level you're playing Sunday morning football, you're having a bad and it goes under your foot. But there is something that, but would Rogers want to come and think he's going to get that stick if suddenly he does? Oh, you know, it's, I don't know if anyone would want to drop in. I think Mourinho's the only man who'd say, I don't care, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I could drop, he's big enough to drop into this mm. toxic atmosphere. He would want to make Arsenal the biggest club in London. 
and be better than Chelsea, wouldn't he? Yeah. Mourinho would eat all that toxicity. Exactly. He'd, 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 be he'd, like, he'd be those things you get in restaurants where the flies get yeah. drawn to. He, he would have, he <laughs> we can use one of those here. If it all to me, whereas Rodgers went to Liverpool when no one thought Liverpool were going to win the league and he made them better and they could have done it but, but missed out. And is it Leicester where no one thought anything much of Leicester? No. Like the club pool, they're, they're nothing. They, they're, their season was 2016. He's, he's taken it way yeah, beyond yeah, expectations. Exactly. So can, could he handle yeah. starting from a position of expectation? Sorry, Simon, I'm just visualising the clock replaced with a massive ultraviolet zapper. You've got all the <laughs> Arsenal fans being <laughs> splattered all over. You could see Mourinho ask the question about Chelsea being the biggest club in London. And Mourinho saying, we have 13 titles. We have 13 yeah, FA exactly, Cups. Yeah. We have 13 FA yeah. Cups. We're much bigger than Chelsea. Yeah. Don't give me that. And then just walking off. Yeah. Have a brilliant with that. Yeah. It would certainly be entertaining. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So I think we've got a thumbs up for Jose. Um, I'm going to finish with a final uh, question from the Gunners Pub Twitter account. When are we going to disinfect our concourse of that plague? Fan TV, which presumably is, is Arsenal Fan TV. Now, I'm going to state here two things. Firstly, Arsenal Fan TV were very good to the Guna when we were uh, on our first campaign to save the fanzine. And Robbie came down to Highbury and did a 20-minute interview with, with me uh, to help the cause. So on that level, they've certainly helped us and I have no ill will towards them. The other thing to mention is that uh, I'm, the, the social media side of the Guna is now more or less in the hands of one of our regular contributors, Leif Youssef, and he does uh, a YouTube channel which is called Guna Fanzine TV, which also does film after matches for uh, fan responses. Um, Leif has said he doesn't want it to be like Arsenal Fan TV on the sensationalist front. He, he, he wants... He says it's going to be reason discussion. Well, he doesn't want to be um, people shouting at each other, for, for want of a yeah. better phrase. But anyway, Arsenal Fan TV is what it is. But why I've raised this is because we do have a new club captain. Um, uh, Albama Young is now replaced Granite Xhaka. And um, David Ornstein. Uh, wrote uh, recently Albama Yang has been asked to stop engaging with one of Arsenal Fan TV's contributors troops. It is claimed that complaints have been lodged about Albama Yang inviting the supporter to watch games from his executive box which is situated in the same quadrant of the ground that houses the majority of other player boxes and is intended for use by family and friends. Now actually to put the record straight, Troops has said he was in a neighbouring box, saw Aubameyang after the game and was photographed in Aubameyang's box just being given a shirt. So he wasn't actually in there. But the point being, uh, social media is now a factor in the fan experience of their clubs. Is it good for football? It's good for Arsenal. How, how much publicity has Arsenal Fan TV given to Arsenal? I mean, we are known as the fan, the, the club with the biggest social media. In fact, match of the day even had to change their rules for goal of the month 
because if there was an Arsenal goal in it, it would always win. No. Because we have we've got so many social media that warriors something to be compared to any compared to I'd any other club. I'd rather have a cop than a social media. You look at every fan base. every other club's version of Arsenal fan TV fails by comparison. It's just miserable compared to Arsenal. So you are a fan of I'm a fan of Arsenal fan TV. Right. And I don't even know why we're asking this question because the person that wrote wrote it didn't even know what it was called. She just said, oh, some fan TV. Um, well, no, the surely, question I put at the end was, yeah. has the development of social media been good for football? Yeah. yeah, it's been brilliant for football. Fantastic. Every time we lose, you've got something to look at, contribute to, read. It's, it's given supporters more of a voice. Of course. It's you, given, you, it's you, given you, everyone yeah. more of a voice. It's yeah. given the players a voice. See, in the past, people might have gone away from games, bickered about it in the pub, maybe at home, and that would be that. You would never have really heard about the players, no. apart from the, uh, the, 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 the interviews at home with their yeah. wife in front of the yeah. latest Midi Hi Fi. All you heard was what the club wanted you to do. Now, hear. players, and they're not, they're, they probably are social media policies that the players are trained within, they're meant to operate within, which probably involves not swearing and things like that. Um, but, you know, if someone's got a gun <coughs> in their hand, they can fire it. You know, effectively, if you've got a phone and you're on accounts, there's not going to be a, a, a press officer standing by a Bamiang at home saying, well, you can't, you can't say that. So they've got the licence to, to say things. The problem is, of course, that in the heat of the moment, anyone can say anything, even if you regret it. People have screenshot it, and, and it's there. You're published to the world. So the players have a, a, a freedom to respond to things. I found it very awkward in the last day or so that Bamiang was upset about this issue, and he did a, a post, I think, on Instagram... Sort of slates in certain things. It was a bit kind of cryptic, but I thought, what are we going to do now? We're going to sack this one and bring in a different captain? You can't keep changing your captain each week. We'll probably run out, run out of captains. <coughs> I think that social media is, is, is a platform. It's a communications platform. And it's how people use it. And Arsenal use all, the, all these platforms as well. I think that Arsenal Fan TV started in, in a perfectly innocent sort of way to speak to people after games. I think part of the issue that people are unhappy about is that they do the interviews very close to the Emirates. And because of the way the ground is situated, there's that podium area. Where does Arsenal Stadium start and finish? Is it outside of Highbury House? Is it past the roundabout on the other side by the Armoury? Where is it not Arsenal Stadium? That should they, should they be allowed to operate within the confines of the stadium? Well, Kevin knows it's should. where you can sell the Guna, isn't it? Yes, basically, public highway begins yeah. effectively at the pavement on the armoury side of the roundabout. Right. So I think some people's beef is that Arsenal Fan TV partly brings negativity to the club or that fans of other teams lap it up watching Arsenal Fan TV when we've done badly. I think it and only therefore brings some people, yeah, some I think people it think brings negativity when... We're doing badly and we're losing every week like we were at the end of Wenger's reign and we are now. If, if Arsenal were Liverpool and we were winning every single match, Arsenal fan TV wouldn't be in any way negative at all. It wouldn't yeah, exist. We were doing great, it wouldn't yeah. exist if we were, would be like Liverpool. Where's Liverpool's fan TV? I don't think they've got one. They, they don't got, need they've got, it. They do, yeah. They've got uh, Redmen TV, which, well, which is very successful. I, yeah. They do lots of. It's not targeted at your. I, I don't, I'm not interested <laughs> yeah. in what all I see players saying is, oh, unlucky day, never mind, we'll be back ready next week, fans, believe me. That's all I see. Um, but you're not, you're not really watching I'm it. I'm not. Well, he's, well, come my way. My boy is, he's 17, but Christ. If that's football, you know, that's not what I want to know. I, I think that these guys are really, they're doing well. 
out of Arsenal being poor. You're saying there uh, that it's, Steve, you're saying it's, oh, it was only did well at the end of Wenger. It's only did well under Emery. This is like you're talking about some people's lifespan of sporting Arsenal these last three or four years. All they've known is Arsenal fan TV and they're horrendous not. rants. But your answer to the woman's point uh, is a bit final solution for me. You know, disinfectant and all that. I don't yeah. like the tone, but I can understand if she's been around Arsenal for years that she's probably thinking they've kind of what does she they've not turned like it. it. What, what does she not Maybe like she's it? got this coming into her pub now, and it's into her pub where they used to everyone come in two pints in. How's your son keeping? How's this going? Playing football tomorrow? It would have been that, but now yeah. it's <laughs> and look what you said. Now it's too out. You're getting angrier yeah. and angrier. So she's got to deal with these people in her pub. And yeah. I'm thinking maybe that's where it's coming from. Yeah. I think effectively, after defensively, it's an echo chamber for what is happening. So if we were doing very well, people will be delighted about it and everyone will be happy. Because things have been weird for, for a number of years, people tend to complain more. People you know, call phone-ins to complain rather than say how wonderful that third goal was, Brian, sort of thing. And I think also with Arsenal is that peculiarity of when you come out of the stadium, you are sort of still within the stadium until you get well away from the stadium to the street level where there's plenty of other clubs you're out, you're out of the turnstiles you're on a street yeah, on the and street, that's yeah, someone's yeah. house over there yeah, yeah. so they probably they possibly have a little bit of a problem there and maybe at some point Arsenal will say we don't want you within the confines of the stadium they'll just find the best path of where they think fans go and frankly yeah. it's between Highbury House and Arsenal Station because there's lots of people hanging around there do you know what though if I was Arsenal I would bring Arsenal Fan TV on board big time I don't know why they're trying to ostracise themselves. Well, I think they did originally. And they even said When they them, saw how influential You can't be called Arsenal fan TV, you've got to be called AFTV. Well, well they did that. Yeah, I know. But I'd, if I was Arsenal, I'd be, I'd be saying, my God, these guys are worth millions. Well, I think it's what you're saying, Steve. It's, it. it's, it's kind of the whole problem with Arsenal. It's one or the other. You bring them in or you kick them out. And we're just leaving it in the middle to fester like every other problem in this club. Yeah, there's no decisions no, being made, no, are there? No, no. Which remember, Ask Blog used to be very anti yes. the club. <coughs> Every time they lost, very anti Wenger, and and then they started doing a few brand promotions with the club. Mm. And Ask Blog was known to kind of like do a few deals with Arsenal. And well, his book was his included book was in the members' back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he became less critical then. He certainly cut, cut the language. Definitely became less um, the, the profanities so if, if were reduced. So want to get these guys on side, that's the way to do it. It also depends how seriously you want to take it, how much, how seriously the club want to take it, yeah. how seriously anyone wants to take it. Is it. It's always been regarded with more importance than it probably ever sought to get. It's, it's, it's like well, it's, it's, it's in all fairness. It's, it's yeah. David Ornstein who made it a story, um, not the club. But I'd like to just one point. I'd like to when when do you first see Arsenal? Sixty eight, sixty eight, right? We go back a long way to the sixties. Now people say to me, "Ah, oh, Arsenal, how are they doing?" I said, "Sorry, you're talking about the club who owe me nothing because I'm sixty three now. They owe me nothing." I've seen them win the. I was a kid. I was on the pitch at White Hart Lane, seventy one. So was I. I was there as a photographer when we won the league, and I've just seen things with this club. I was at Anfield in '89, and yeah, lower level, but I was at White Hart Lane in '87 when we won that league cup tie. And the joy they've given me, this club, they owe me nothing. But the, there's a generation there 
who didn't see Burkamp, they've heard about him, they're a bit annoyed. So the Ozil's there, Burkamp. You criticise him, uh, and he, you know, he's, he's, not, he's not anywhere near Dennis, but he's got to be, because we've got to sing a song about someone. And there's all this baggage. But you're saying, Mount Rogers and that, you start, oh, where's Arsenal's expectation? You start the season, everyone on zero points. You start again. You don't go, we'll get this Herbert Chapman statue over here, and we'll beat you on. It's not a game of poker. You bring to a table zero and you start again. And we've just not got it this year. I really can't see Arsenal. I think it could be our lowest finish for 20 odd years. I really do. Yeah. Okay. Which is why we should be getting rid of Emery now. Well, but I think it's the amazing point you said before, Kev, though, of cat amongst the pigeons, let's to keep doing well. At whatever, at whatever point Emery goes, if Arsenal made a, a, a vehement effort to try and get Rodgers, how that would go down. Leicester would probably be, be you know, terribly disturbed by it. Mm. But what would Rodgers' uh, reaction be? Mm. Right, well, it, oh, we've, we've been well over time, so we're going to wrap it up there. He's um, our only hope of stopping Liverpool in the league, <laughs> Rodgers, leave him there. Uh, it's it's going to plug time, and the third issue of the season goes on sale when Arsenal resume against Southampton on Saturday, 23rd November, for another collector's item of a three o'clock kickoff. Oh. You can buy an issue from one of our two regular sellers near Arsenal Tube or on the Hornsey Road near the two Cannons Roundabout. Or through our store page on the online Guna website where you can also subscribe to receive all of the remaining issues this season. As ever, a reminder that you can contact us regarding anything to do with the podcast via Twitter at Gunan Podcast and email gunanpodcast at gmail.com. Many thanks for the questions and topics submitted for today. I think I name-checked everybody. And with that, it is goodbye from Simon. Goodbye. Mark. Good night. And Steve. Good evening. We will be back in December with another monthly edition. And for those that can't wait, you can follow the more regular offerings hosted by Leith Youssef on our YouTube channel, Guna Fanzine TV. Uh, record on a Monday evening and get it out uh, uh, a day or two later. And they aim to do one of those every week, as opposed to us monthly guys. And with that, this is your host, Kevin Witcher, saying goodbye and thank you for listening. La di da di da, la di da di di, all good friends and jolly good company, way!